0: hello and welcome to the fable fellas i am one of the hosts and my name is carter
1: i'm the other host my name is riley
0: together we tell fairy tales unfairly from a book of fairy tales that was gifted to me by my grandmother it is a fantastic book Full of many stories, and it is even uh, one of ten. So, once we get through all of these, there's this is a pretty much infinite podcast. Like, ten there's not books. gonna, I know, and they're never gonna run out. It's it's just it's just not logistically possible. I don't think you think there's not gonna be any crossover whatsoever. No, they're all different stories. Yeah, they're all in a series. Wow. So it's like it's it's not just ten books of fairy tales. It's ten books. Like, there's like an adventure book. There's like a poetry and verse book um there's a ton- there's a ton of different genres they're all kind of sorted so this first one is the fairy tales and fables book so we'll have to see what kind of stuff is in the other ones I'm pretty sure alice in wonderland is in one of them
1: all right that will probably be a multiple chapter one
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah our uh our one today might be a two-parter as well Ooh, as all these right. get kind of longer and longer as i'm running out of like the one and two pagers although i'm keeping a few just in case just like uh just load it up so that we can uh, sparse them out a little bit. Just well, keep anyway, a couple in the chamber. This intro, <laughs> yeah, keep a couple in the chamber. <laughs> this intro has been super grabbing, thrilling. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, the fable fellas, what else is super thrilling? How's your life been? What's been going on with you?
1: Forget about my life. Happy
0: engagement, Carter. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks. Should have started there with the intro. That's where I should have. Yeah, <laughs> what I the come heck. In. <laughs> Like, I got nine, ten books. Yeah, I got ten like, yeah, books and also now. a
1: future wife.
0: <laughs> That's right. The, the, uh, the news is broke. And without, uh, without going into too much detail, uh, she said yes, which was great. And, I think, yeah, I, I, don't I, think know. I feel like I've already told the whole story like a hundred
1: times. <laughs> If I had brought that um, up and she had said no, I think you'd be in the market for a new co-host. Wouldn't that be fun?
0: <laughs> uh, I want to hear. I've been, I've been just uh, dying to hear the end of, or at least the next page of this zombie story. And it also hurts me to know that we didn't. It, your story was never concluded, right? You had started it. You said and got a few, like a bunch of pages, but it
1: never ended. Well, no, I definitely finished it. It got to a natural conclusion, but it was also... Oh, okay. It very much also ends like the pilot of a TV show on The CW would end. Gotcha. Like, there's always... There's gonna be more. There's plenty of room for more. Yeah, I I left the door open and then walked out of that apartment complex forever. Well, let's walk through that door together right now. All right. So do you want to take any new bets on what uh DJ's master hacking skills concocted last time? Uh DJ's master hacking skills.
0: Okay, so if it's not playing if it's not playing jerk it out by the Caesars on the last <laughs> of every van, then in that case, I still I still think he's going to take over the van's intercom, but now I think he's going to say something very like very Peter Parker-inspired, like, banter. Like, something witty, like, Hey, zombies, dinner time! <laughs> or whatever, and he's gonna say it really loud, or something, just to attract the Zeds, that we finally need to see.
1: Hey, zombies, why and don't you get, get fed these hands?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna say, Oh, there's a bunch of tasty old humans right over here! Or, For like, uh, He'll say, Zombies, or, do you want to know what crime lords taste like? <laughs> something like that. Something really just, like, very harmless... But
1: sounded edgy and, intra- and and cool. All right, <laughs> let's see how that measures up. <laughs> so at the end of last chapter, DJ basically said, "Okay, I've got it. Just get on out there." And so Kyle and Riley exited the car onto the killing floor. Skulls whirled around as the door slammed. "Who the hell are you?" he snarled angrily. "How did you get in here?" Skulls started striding angrily toward them, pulling a forty-five out of his coat pocket but then stopped dead in his tracks. Several little dots, which appeared to be the laser-aiming device of rifles, had suddenly appeared, focused right (laughs) on the middle forehead piercing and on his chest, right above his heart. As Riley looked around the room, he could see similar lights aimed on every armed person in the garage, each causing a look of panic on their faces, except for the masked man. Kyle grinned. They now is that because he can't have a he can't have a
0: panicked look on his face because of the mask or because he doesn't have a panic face because he's
1: a stoic dude? Yes, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle grinned. They didn't they definitely didn't have that many people in the garage today. That technoWiz DJ never ceased to amaze him he was even able to direct red lasers through the video camera. <laughs> okay, so apparently his hacking was basically to make it look like we had trained guns on everyone in the room right, even though we only teasing. were four souls in a hummer. Oh, dang it. That was my <laughs> Yes, it wasn't me. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, and using the
0: laser pointer that's on the CCTV camera devices that are in every... That comes standard on every device in every mm-hmm. parking garage. Standard issue.
1: You need a laser pointer on those cameras. <laughs> you can't have a laser pointer. What if you, What if a bunch of cats go nuts in the garage? Exactly. Oh my gosh,
0: can you imagine? Can you they imagine? They just want to entertain a bunch of cats. Slaps the top of it camera. This baby can fit so many
1: <laughs> This baby can fit so many <laughs> Lazy rocks, it. We're at night security Kyle called out as he walked forward, DJ's plan inspiring a new found confidence in him. So what you doing out here so late at night, huh? Planning some after hour shopping? Mall's closed for the night, boys He motioned with his head over to the mall entrance as he slapped a pair of handcuffs onto Skull's wrists Skulls snarled and spat at Kyle's feet. Watch it, bub, Riley said. One false move, we could fill you guys with enough holes to use you as soup strainers. Dumb. (laughs) This is bull, one of Skulls' thugs shouted. I've seen this sort of laser-like crap in Vegas, and aimed his gun at Kyle's head. In one fluid movement... Ron pointed his gun out the back window, blasted the thug in the kneecap square on with where the laser sight was, and pulled back in before they even saw him. Wow, Ron had lightning-fast reflexes.
0: They didn't even see, like, the muzzle flare go off. Yeah, wow,
1: he's so impressive.
0: I think that van
1: shot me. (laughs) Who are these guys? As the thug hit the ground, screaming out curses, Riley casually walked past the remaining thugs who remained silent. The Panda Man, even with a laser-light focus between his large black eyes, chuckled, seemingly amused by this turn of events. "'My oh my,' he said smugly, as Riley drew closer to the van. "'Unless there is another young man brandishing a sword around these parts that I have yet to learn of, you must be the (laughs) Z-Fighter.'"
0: Wow, he's got a reputation already.
1: I guess so. Riley looked skeptically at the man. Some people have called me that, yes, he said as he reached the van. Well, I must say, it's a pleasure to finally meet you, he said sincerely, bowing forward slightly. Riley smiled half-heartedly. Thanks, he said as he raised his scabbard and then bashed it into the key lock. Sorry, the, the key lock? That's not right. The key lock holding the back door shut. It snapped and fell to the ground. I might have appreciated that more, though, he clasped the van door handles, if it didn't come from someone who deals out this. The minute he threw the door open, a cacophony of moans echoed through the room. Pure fear reflected upon the thugs' faces. Skulls, however, began grinning widely. Kyle frowned in disgust. In the back of the van stood a dozen necrotic beings, arms chained to their sides as they swayed back and forth, bleached, white, soulless eyes staring out into nothing. The stench of decaying flesh wafted out like an ill wind straight out of hell. Their pale, mutilated bodies were white and caked with blood, both theirs and that of their many victims. On each body were large bite marks on arms, necks, stomachs, he could even see faint bite marks on one near the back who was missing most of the left side of his head. And that's what He's we'll really
0: stop. scrutinizing whether where these guys have bite marks.
1: <laughs> and they, One of them didn't seem to... Oh, no, that one did, too. No, that one did. It was just around the massive gaping wound in his knock-in. <laughs> that's just a guy. He's not <laughs> a zombie just, at all. That's just Kevin. That's just Kevin. He always looks emaciated and pale. That's Kevin the IT guy. <laughs>
0: The zombies don't want to eat him. We don't know why. I so, guess he just looks too much <laughs> like us.
1: So at long last, we finally see the Zs that I fight. They were in the back of a van.
0: They were in this the van. Whole, they were always among us this whole time.
1: Gosh. So, here's where we get in the big the reveal. Case. The panda was, in fact, selling zombies to Skinnered Skulls, who, if... I've got this right. He could probably just find zombies anywhere in the city. It is the zombie apocalypse. Supply Plus. greatly outreaches demand right now.
0: This is the thing I've, I'm I'm having trouble on too because like it, it is the apocalypse, but is so when they made that mention about is the mall was closed, so that was just being snarky, right? Like it is legitimately like it's no it's no longer a mall because the apocalypse. Exactly, yeah. So how come all the electronics in the cameras, all the laser pointers, work in the parking garage?
1: For plot reasons, I guess. Because it was the, <laughs> the, this was the only thing I could to. come up with.
0: They have to work like that. They have
1: to. They just have to.
0: Bradley, I got a story for you. It's about Joseph Jacobs.
1: It comes to it's us from him. Ireland. Sorry, it's by him. Oh, I was gonna say we finally get a peek behind the Iron Curtain. This story is
0: called Hudden and Dudden and Donald O'Neary. That's Hudden H U D D E N and Dudden D U D D E N. And Donald O'Neary is two names. Those are my person. favorite hobbits. <laughs> That's right. Hudden and Dudden. My favorite yeah, I liked him when he you know, when he wanted to fight, but he was like, Ah, you're too short to fight. And then the lady was like, You're not too short to fight. Yeah. Good stuff. There was once upon a time two farmers, and their names were Hudden and Dudden. They had poultry in their yards, sheep on the uplands, and scores of cattle in the meadowland, alongside the river. But for all that, they weren't happy. For just between their two farms, there lived a poor old man by the name of Donald O'Neary. He had a hovel over his head and a strip of grass that was barely enough to keep his one cow, Daisy, from starving. And though she did her best, it was but seldom that Donald got a drink of milk or a roll of butter from Daisy. So Donald is kind of like our shoemaker. Mm. He's through, no, through no fault of his own, he is a poor man <laughs> in the middle of two two nice big farms. You would think there was little here to make Hudden and Dudden jealous, but so it is. The more one has, the more one wants. And Donald's neighbors lay awake of nights scheming how they might get hold of his little strip of grassland.
1: Oh come on, let him have this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is
0: just typical, isn't it? This is ontologically evil. <laughs> This is two people who have everything they want, not, not wanting to try to get their hands on the other person's huge amount of land, but simply they both want, both rich people are
1: teaming up to try to hurt the little guy. This is two Wall Street bros teaming up to steal a homeless person's shopping cart. This is exactly right. This is the thing. Daisy,
0: poor thing, they never thought of. She was just a bag of bones. One day, Hudden and D- met Dudden, and they were soon grumbling as usual. And all to the tune of, if only we could get that vagabond Donald O'Neary out of the country. Let's kill Daisy,
1: said Hudden at last. (laughs) No! No! No, 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 no,
0: Now we're, now the story's in full throttle. "Let's, Let's kill Daisy, said Hudden at last. If that doesn't make him clear out, nothing will. No sooner than agreed, and it wasn't dark before Hudden and Dudden crept up to the little shed where lay poor Daisy trying her best to chew the cud. Though she hadn't had as much grass in the day as would cover your hand. Gosh, that's sad. That's not a lot of grass at all. That's not a lot of grass. And when Donald came to see if Daisy was all snug for the night, the poor beast only had time to lick his hand once before she died.
1: Well, I appreciate that they gloss over the method of execution.
0: I don't think, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell if something happened or not. (laughs) Like, if maybe that was just the night that Daisy was going to pass away anyway.
1: Oh, something definitely happened. I think the author just thinks that they're sparing the readers the gruesome details. That's a good point.
0: (sighs) Well, Donald was a shrewd fellow, and downhearted though he was, began to think if he could get any good out of Daisy's death. Uh, He thought, and he thought... And the next day, you could have seen him trudging off early to the fair, Daisy's hide over his shoulder. Every penny he had jingling in his pockets. Just before he got to the fair, he made several slits in the hide, put a penny in each slit, and walked into the best inn of the town as bold as if it belonged to him, and hanging the hide up to the nail on the wall,
1: sat down. Um, that probably violates a zoning ordinance or two. Which one? Hanging a cowhide on the wall?
0: Hanging a cowhide that he he filled up with pennies, all the pennies he has left. In a room that he doesn't own? Some of your best whiskey, says he to the landlord. But the landlord didn't like his looks. (laughs) Is it fearing I won't pay you, you are, says Donald. Why, I have a hide here that gives me all the money I want. And with that, he hit a whack with his stick and out hopped a penny. The landlord opened his eyes. So Donald's a tricky guy.
1: All right, all right. What do you
0: take for that hide? It's not for sale, my old man. Will you take a gold piece? It's not for sale, I tell you. Hasn't it kept me and mine for years? And with that, Donald hit the hide another whack and out jumped a second penny. Well, the long and short of it was that Donald let the hide go, and that evening, who but he he should walk up to Hudden's door? Who but he should walk up (laughs) to Hudden's door? Yep. That was the style at the time. Good evening, Hudden. Will you lend me your best scales? Hudden stared and scratched his head, but he lent the scales. When Donald was safe at home, he pulled out his pocketful of bright gold and began to weigh each piece on the scales. (sighs) He had just got so much.
1: Yeah. It's just like the giant counting your huge gold pieces because it's the only way to beat your narcolepsy. (laughs) Sorry, your insomnia. Narcolepsy is the (laughs) other problem. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Maybe that's why... Maybe he has narcolepsy, which is why he always has to count his gold, because he always falls asleep mid-count and loses
1: track of where he was. Yeah. And he doesn't... He doesn't have a rooster that lays gold eggs like the giant, where the rooster can just lay one gold egg, the giant can nod satisfactorily, and then just conk out. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like, lay! All right. All right. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. So, but Hudden had... uh, Hudden had been tricky, so... Donald is counting the gold that he got for the hide on some scales, but Hudden had put a lump of butter at the bottom, and so the last piece of gold stuck fast to the scales when he took them back to Hudden.
1: What? How? Are, how so, so is are butter? Are these rich dudes at odds, too?
0: No, I don't think so. So Donald, Donald's the poor guy, and Hudden gave him some scales so that he could count his gold. But Hudden had put a lump of butter at the bottom of the scales, which a, a piece of gold uh, stopped to. Oh, to. so he
1: can just take one of the gold. Mm-hmm. What a weird contrivance.
0: So now Hudden's going to know, gonna learn that Donald somehow has some gold. Mm. So he took the scales back to Hudden. If Hudden had stared before, he stared ten times more now. And no sooner was Donald's back turned than he was off as hard as he could pelt to Dudden's. That's more Pelton for you. Good evening, Dudden. That vagabond, bad luck to him. Or that vagabond, bad luck to him. You mean Donald O'Neary? And who else should I mean? He's back here weighing out sackfuls of gold. How do you know that? Here are my scales that he borrowed, and here's a gold piece still sticking to them. Well, off they went together, and they came to Donald's door. Donald had finished making the last pile of ten gold pieces, and he couldn't finish because a piece had stuck to the scales. Ah, don't you just hate it when you Uh, don't have your gold coins are not in perfect tens? What a week I'm having. Gosh, when you get eight, nine. Ah, man. There's nothing (laughs)
1: left.
0: Why does this always happen to me? In they walked without, without an if you please or by your leave. That's rude. Well, I never, was all they could say. (laughs) Good evening, Hudden. Good evening, Dudden. Ah, you thought you had played me a fine trick. Killing my cow. (laughs) Fine trick. But you never did me better turn in all your lives. When I found poor Daisy dead, I thought to myself, well, her hide may fetch something. And it did. Hides are worth their weight in gold in the market just now. Hudden nudged Dudden, and Dudden winked at Hudden. Good evening, Donald O'Neary. Good evening, kind friends.
1: So did they, now, did they already greet each other? Why are they doing it again?
0: They say good evening as a uh, that that's their goodbye.
1: Oh God, gotcha! Like gotcha, a gotcha, good, gotcha, e- gotcha, a quick gotcha. good evening. It was a,
0: it was a short visit. A fine howdy do. The next day, there wasn't a cow or a calf that belonged to Hudden or Dudden. But her hide was going to the fair in Hudden's biggest cart, drawn by Dudden's strongest pair of horses. Oh! So, so do you see what's happened now? Yep,
1: yep. I see. Oh. I see the trick.
0: Tricked them, and now they've killed all of their own cows. And now they'll it's
1: starve when winter comes.
0: That's how it used to be. When they came to the fair, each one each took took a hide over his arm, and there they were walking through the fair, bawling out at the top of their voices, "Hides to sell! Hides to sell!" Out came the tanner. <laughs> out came the tanner. And the tanner sounds like this. How much for your hides, my good man? <laughs> their weight in gold. It's early in the day to come out of the tavern. <laughs> that was all the tanner said. And back he went to his yard. The heck you say. <laughs> so he's like, their drug. Hides to sell. Find fresh wolf. hides to sell. Out came the cobbler.
1: <laughs> and what the cobbler say? <laughs> I, um, uh,
0: how?
1: Oh, come on! How, how, how much Landis for your playing. hides? Oh, oh that was, he's he's nervous. Okay, I get it.
0: How much for your hides? Uh, how much? They're in gold. Yeah. Oh, it is making a game of me that you are. Take, take that for your pains and the cobbler dealt Hudden a blow that made him stagger. Alright, so I definitely missed character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely whiffed that one, Carter. Sorry. <laughs> is that him? This is Maybe this is a very Jekyll and Hyde cobbler.
1: Oh yeah, when he heard that they wanted him to give them so much gold for some cow hides, he just totally snapped and went on a rampage. You raged out, exactly. I can only take so much!
0: Up the people came running from one end of the fair to the other. What's the matter? What's the matter? cried they. Okay, so this is the cobbler again. Here are a couple of vagabonds selling hides at their weight in gold, said the cobbler. Hold him fast, hold him fast, bawled the innkeeper, who was the last to come up. Uh He he was so fat. Wow. (laughs)
1: That was, wow. Wow, Joseph. Wow. Cool, Cool, fellas. A little bit of fat shaming. Rude. Oh wager it's one of the rogues who tricked me out
0: of 30 gold pieces for the wretched hide I got last night. Oh. oh. It was more kicks than a halfpence that Hudden and Dudden got before they were well on their way home again, and they didn't run the slower because all the
1: dogs of the town were at their heels. What's your favorite well, more kicks than a halfpence song? <laughs> Mine is Kiss Me. <laughs> kiss Me. Out of the bed and thee sell me a hide that's weighted gold. Swing, swing. <laughs> no, what's the next line? Swing your swinging steps. <laughs> we'll take the trail marked on your father's map. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as you may fancy, if they loved Donald Little before, they loved him less now. <laughs> yeah. What's the matter, friends? Said he as they saw him tearing along. As he saw them tearing along, their hats knocked in, and their coats torn off, and their faces black and blue. Oh, dang. Is it fighting you've been? Or mayhap you met the police? Ill luck to them? We'll police you, you vagabond! It's <laughs> mighty smart you thought yourself deluding us with your lying tales. I do like he did say, hey, I
1: hope th- <laughs> I do like that even though they killed his cow and wanted to drive him away, he still said, hey, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> ah the police yeah yeah
0: that's that's typical isn't it But <laughs> well, what are you gonna do this, the country's too big i mean ireland who deluded you didn't you see the gold with your own two eyes but it was no use talking pay for it he must and should there was a meal sack handy and into it hudden and dudden popped donald O'Neary. tied him up tight <laughs> oh ran no. a pole through <laughs> the knot and off they started for the brown lake of the bog, each with a pole end on his shoulder, and Donald O'Neary between. So they're gonna go... The So end. they're like, well, you know what? Instead of tricking him, let's not beat around the bush anymore, Dudden. Let's just go throw him in the lake. Yeah. But the brown lake was far. The road was dusty. Hudden and Dudden were sore and weary, and parched with thirst. There was an inn by the roadside. Let's go in. Said Hudden, "I'm dead beat. It's heavy. He is for the little he had to eat. If Hudden was willing, so was Dudden. As for Donald, you may be sure his leave wasn't asked, but he was lumped <laughs> down at the inn door for all the world as if he had been a sack of potatoes. Sit still, you vagabond," said Dudden. He doesn't know any other words like insulting words. He just knows vagabond. Yep,
1: yeah, because he's been called a vagabond like sixteen times today. <laughs> That's right. You're the vagabond. I'm not the vagabond. I'm Donald's not the vagabond. the vagabond. I'll show you what we do to vagabonds in these parts. No, no, please stop stepping on me. I'm not a vagabond. I'm
0: not. I said I don't understand what this means. Sit still, you vagabond. If we don't mind waiting, you needn't. If we don't mind waiting, you needn't. If we do not <sighs> mind waiting, you need not. You know, if you I've do-
1: learned anything from the these many episodes of Fable Fellows we've done, is that sometimes they're going to say some stuff, and we've just got to nod solemnly and keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Give that one a solemn nod.
0: Donald held his peace. But after a while, he heard the glasses clink, and Hudden singing away at the top of his voice. Oh, this is Donald, okay. Donald is saying, he's in the bag, I guess, at the front. He's saying, I won't have her, I tell you, I won't have her, said Donald, but nobody heeded what he said. I won't have her, I tell you, I won't have her, said Donald, and this time he said it louder, but nobody heeded what he said. I won't have her, I tell you, I won't have her, said Donald, and this time he said it as loud as he could. And who won't you have, may I be so bold as to ask, said a farmer, who had just come up with a drove of cattle and was turning in for a glass. Now, he's shouting this from inside a bag, presumably.
1: Yeah, that's the only question they've
0: got. This is very confusing. So this man, so this farmer's now come up to the bag of, not potatoes, the bag of Donald O'Neary. The bag of Donald. He's trying to get somebody's attention by saying some stuff. Who won't you have? It's the king's daughter. They are bothering the life out of me to marry her. You're the lucky fellow. I'd give something to be in your shoes. I'd give something to be in your bag. (laughs) Do you see that now? Wouldn't it be a fine thing for a farmer to be marrying a princess, all dressed in gold and jewels? Jewels, do you say? Ah, oh, now, couldn't you take me with you? Well, you're an honest fellow, and I don't care for the king's daughter. <laughs> Though she's as beautiful as the day, and is covered with jewels from top to toe. But you she's not out. my type. But not my type at all. She's a
1: Virgo, I'm a Capricorn, it wouldn't work out.
0: <laughs> it's not just, not gonna be, not gonna happen. Untie the cord and let me out. They tied me tight, as they knew I'd run away from her. <laughs> still talking, just inside a bag. <laughs> Out crawled Donald, in crept the farmer. Uh-oh. Oh, now, Donald. Now lie still and don't mind the shaking. It's only rumbling over the palace steps you'll be, and maybe they'll abuse you for a vagabond. Who won't have the king's daughter? But you didn't mind that. Ah, it's a deal I'm giving up for you, sure as it is that I don't care for the princess.
1: Donald, this is some real Bugs Bunny stuff going on.
0: <laughs> they might beat you up, but that's just the way that the king, kings and princesses are. They just like to punch sacks full of vagabonds. <laughs> they hate, they. you know, even if you're going to marry the daughter. The daughter has a real thing for vagabonds. <laughs> so now the farmer's in the bag. Take my cattle in exchange, said the farmer and you may guess it wasn't long before Donald was at their tails driving them homeward. So, now, so Donald stricked this guy out of the cars. Out came Hudden and Dudden, and the one took a, one end of the pole and the other the other. I'm thinking he's heavier, said Hudden. "Ah, oh, never mind, said Dudden. It's only a step now to the brown lake. I'll have her now! Oh, this is the farmer. I'll have her now! I'll have her now, bawled the farmer from inside the sack. By my faith, and you shall, though. Said Hudden, and he laid the stick acro- across the sack. <sighs> he laid the stick, ac- I think he hit the sack. Yeah,
1: he, he hit the sack, so Over to speak.
0: I'll have her, I'll have her, bawled the farmer louder than ever. Well, here you are, said Dudden, for they were now come to the brown lake, and unslinging the sack, they pitched it plump into the lake. God, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. You'll not be playing your tricks on us any longer, said Hudden. True for you," said Dudden. "Ah, Donald, my boy, it was an ill day when you borrowed my scales." Off they went with a light step and an easy heart, but when they were near home, who should they see but Donald O'Neary? And all around him the cows were grazing and the calves were kicking up their heels and butting their heads together. "Is it you, Donald?" said Dudden. "Faith, you've been quicker than we have." <laughs> is this okay? I'm trying to just I'm trying to read who this is talking now. True for you, Dudden, and let me thank you kindly. The turn was good. If the will was ill, you'll have heard, like me, that the brown lake leads to the land of promise. I always put it down as lies, but it is just as true as my word. Look at the cattle. So, Donald has said, yes, you did throw me in the lake, but the lake leads to the land of promise, where I got a bunch of
1: cows and got home. You know, I feel like these stories were really setting up the children of this time period to think that all of mankind was way more gullible than they would be led to believe. <laughs> A more innocent time
0: yeah. back then. Hudden stared and Dudden gaped, but they couldn't get over the cattle. Fine, fat cattle they were, too. <clears throat> it's only the worst I could bring up with me. The others were so fat there was no driving them. "'Faith, too, it's little wonder they didn't care to leave, "'with grass as far as you could see, "'and as sweet and juicy as fresh butter.' "'Ah, oh, now, Donald, we haven't always been friends,' said Dudden. "'but, uh, as I was just saying, you were, you were ever a decent lad, "'and you'll show us the way, <laughs> won't you?' "'I don't see that I'm called upon to do that. "'There is a power more cattle down there. "'Why shouldn't I have them all to myself?' "'Faith, they may well say. "'The richer you get, the harder the heart.' You always were a neighborly lad, Donald. You wouldn't wish to keep the luck all to yourself. True for you, Hudden. Though tis a bad example you set me. Yeah, right. But I'll not be thinking of old times. There is plenty for all there, so come along with me. Off they trudged with a light heart and an eager step. When they came to the brown lake, the sky was full of little white clouds. And if the sky was full, the lake was as full. All right. Ah, now, so... <laughs> this is... This is where Hudden and Dudden get so stupid that they kind of deserve it. Ah, now look, there they are, cries Donald, as he pointed to the clouds in the lake. (laughs) So he's pointing at the reflection of the clouds from the sky. And Hudden and Dudden are like, ah, yeah, those cattle. (laughs) Where, where, cried Hudden. And don't be greedy, cried Dudden, as he jumped his hardest to be up first with the fat cattle. But if he jumped first, Hudden wasn't long behind. They never came back. There's a lot of if X, then Y statements in this yeah. one. Hudden and Dudden. They never came back. Maybe they got too fat like the cattle. As for Donald O'Neary, he had cattle and sheep for all his days to his heart's content. The end.
1: Yay.
0: So Hudden and Dudden were tricked into jumping in the lake where <laughs> they ne- with the farmer. So after a uh, uh, a kind of brutal four, four tragic deaths, donald O'Neary comes away the victor yeah all of the cattle
1: he could want i do find it odd that at the finish line they said maybe they just wanted to hang out with the cattle as if we don't know that they drowned in the lake like that other guy (laughs) it's
0: i also like how donald O'Neary is not at all innocent in this story like he completely allows the farmer
1: who's who's a relatively
0: innocent person maybe he's just got it out for all farmers Honestly, Sorry.
1: at this point, it feels like when he lost his cow, Daisy, that everything went downhill for him. This is a story of revenge. This is like Death Wish.
0: Yeah, this is kind of nuts. Um, and he... So, what are you gonna... How do you talk about a lesson on this one?
1: I mean, is this... obviously, the way that Hudden doesn't act is beyond reproach. Like, this is not something that one should do. They had everything they could have possibly needed... They could have lived a long, happy, healthy life. But because they wanted one little strip of land that could not be theirs, they basically set themselves on a path of destruction rather than just appreciating what they had.
0: Ah, so really the lesson lies within the treatment of Hudden and Dudden, who, yeah, who who reached for more when they had enough. Yeah. From Donald and Erie, I feel like we can learn that. You can always turn a piece of
1: misfortune into good fortune if you've got the wit. For sure, yeah. He got dealt a really shabby hand, and through it all, he ended up, you know, high on the hill where Hudden and Dudden were. And if they had just let him be, it would have been fine. Because obviously he didn't have anything that they needed or wanted. And sure, he was not exactly living a life of luxury, but he was happy with what he had. And if right, they had been like a little bit more like him, then this wouldn't have turned out so poorly.
0: I think the interesting phrasing of this story is that, like, he was. This is not Donald. Daenerys not not doesn't seem to be attempting revenge. Although I do want to read it that way. Like it almost seems like he just goes, "Ah oh, man, well," because he goes, "I tried to make some fortune out of Daisy going, you know, being gone," and so I got the. Uh, I got, it. I got the hide, which makes me think, you know, it, surely Donald O'Neary is a clever person. He's always been that clever. He's not suddenly super clever once he yeah takes the hide off of Daisy, which makes me think that really he was totally content to live his life. And really, this has all been a, the road to revenge. Once Daisy Absolutely. goes, he's like, all right. Now I need to
1: plot how I get Hudden and Dudden back. <laughs> yeah, because that doesn't really make as much sense. Like, he lost Daisy, and all of a sudden he begins putting together this Ozymandias scheme to get back at them. He kind of just took things step by step. He said, okay, yeah. my cow's dead. How can I, like, benefit from this? He tricks the innkeeper. And then each thing that happens afterwards is just... Someone else doing something to him and him responding until ultimately he's got the cows, he's got the power, and Hudden and Dunn are lying at the bottom of the lake.
0: Exactly. He's done a- I think he's just like a- some sort of just little chaos god, like this guru of power. He's like, (laughs) don't mess with me. If you mess with me, like-
1: He's Bugs Bunny.
0: Yeah, I am not afraid to, like, throw an innocent person in- in (laughs) In on the tracks in on my road for revenge. It's very it's like Donald O'Neary is like the original John Wick.
1: Yeah, Donald I'm has a man. survival. In-
0: exactly, he's <laughs> the Hudden and Dudden are like bragging to some other farmers, like the innkeepers, like yeah, you know that old guy that that old poor idiot we killed his only <laughs> last cow, and they're like, you did what? You did what? You. Do not know. everything that is about to come to you. You deserve. You may as well jump in the pond now. And they're like, "What? He's only an old farmer." And then you know they leave the they leave the innkeep, and then right away Donald and Neary comes in with his hide full of pennies, and he's like, <laughs> strolls up, to, and the the bar the bartender knows kind of the gist of it. Yeah, so it's he like, just goes along with it. Well, he's Donald, actually,
1: are you back? Yeah, I reckon I'm back. <laughs>
0: He, ba- he he gave Donald the 20 gold not because he was tricked by it, but because
1: he was terrified. <laughs> yeah. he w- it, it wasn't even a hide at that point. He walked in there with Daisy's dead body astride his massive, muscular shoulders and laid her on the table.
0: Like, who? Who did this? Who did this? You're either on my team
1: or you're a farmer. <laughs> Choose your side now, Inkeep. It's like, okay, okay, okay. okay. Oh my God, that's Donald (laughs) (laughs) O'Neary.
0: Well, a very good story, I think. And if you want to hear more stories like this, as well as the uh, continuing adventures of the Zed Hunter, uh, authored by our one and only Riley, join us next time for another episode of The Fable Fellas, where you can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And nowhere else currently. But we'll get there. We'll get there one day. We'll get there one day at a time. In the meantime, ready?
1: Actually, Carter, I was thinking of something. Uh, uh, Two episodes ago, we got, like, it synced up, and you said that's the best we've ever done. And, unfortunately, you're right, because it was still terrible. So what I think we should do moving forward is, whoever is the one that introduces the episode is the one that does keep it viddy. That way you gotcha. do it once and I do it once each time we record.
0: I understand. Sounds good. Okay. In that case, I've been Carter.
1: I'm still Riley.
0: Keep it viddy, folks. We'll
1: see you later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs>